Good morning or whatever time it is that you're listening to this and welcome to Real World Podcast. Uh, I always seem to have a speech impediment when I try and say real world, when I try and bounce those off each other. My name's Tyler. I'm your host. I'm here with Scott and Bobby uh, and Real Real World Podcast. Uh, Scott and Bobby uh, talk about real issues in a real world, uh, bridging the gap between millennials and boomers. Good morning, guys. Good, Good morning. morning. I think maybe it's because we have another podcast that starts with an R. And you start trying to say that one. No, I'm, I don't. It's just real, real world. Like, it's just a weird. Real yeah, world. Real world. Real yeah. world. Yeah. It's uh, different vowel sounds. That yeah. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. It's like the rural juror. I support like, it's you, just Tyler. impossible to say right. The I support you. I support juror. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, how are you guys doing? What's going on in your lives? Oh, yeah. I didn't think about what I was going to say in this segment. Well, I did. I I um, actually wanted to talk about last night was our first time getting back together with community. Nice. With our community group at our home, and we met on our patio, and um, it was just so nice to see everybody again face-to-face. We've been doing the Zoom thing, and it's, it's you know, a good alternative, um, yeah. but it definitely doesn't take or doesn't replace being in person with each other. So looking forward to eventually being back in church with all of my uh, friends and family. But um, at this point in time, I'm happy that we're doing community group together. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. We, uh, this last week was our first, correct? Or we, Mm -hmm. yeah, two weeks ago, two weeks ago, we we did dance house first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Two weeks ago. And uh, oh my gosh, it was just, I, I I knew that I was missing it. Mm Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize just how much mm-hmm. until we had it back. Right. right. Um, it was like, oh, this is what my life has been mm-hmm. missing. Uh, it's uh, It just became, I think just because for us, uh, COVID was a very busy time. And so it was just easy to be distracted from missing something. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, oh my gosh, this is, this has been, this has been very needed. Yes, definitely. I feel like I could have went longer. Oh, no. (laughs) I just want to remind you how you felt the first, like, two weeks of COVID where you were working from home and, and, uh, you know, we were gone all day and you were just here home alone all day for two weeks. Yeah. It was driving you crazy, And you you were getting very sick of it. Well, I wasn't seeing anybody. (laughs) I know. no human contact. (laughs) For a week. I mean, we yeah. still lived here. We just, you know, we went to work and you stayed home. Yeah, it wasn't great. <laughs> but since then, I've been pretty much doing what I would be doing anyways. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Mm. So COVID hasn't felt all that COVID to me. <laughs> not, not very COVID-y. Not it's not, very it wasn't COVID-y. the most COVID-y life that uh, people lead. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's some people that are still... Um, struggling with it i think um older people that are concerned okay i have to share this because this to me is kind of comedy so my dad of course who lives with us now he's 84 and yesterday morning he says do you think it's like wise for those people to come over what people the community group that were coming to our home right and i'm like yes dad it's fine okay and what you have to know audience is that my father is out and about all the time <laughs> he was at the car dealership yesterday he was at a restaurant yesterday and so my point is is okay this is a community group that we know these people and we know they're okay right in comparison to he's out and about with all these strangers and he doesn't think anything of it he and i know this from living with him for two years <laughs> he doesn't like people that go to where he lives <laughs> <laughs> that's so strange Got he, it. He doesn't. He that's, like that's his place. That's his area. <laughs> don't if you're from outside of that area, don't come into this area. Area. Mm-hmm. Well, he better get used to it because when we are, you know, well, he's going to have a separated room. He is. He is your, a separated. Well, not just separated room, but but living rooms, area, living area, living yeah. space, outside door, external door, inside door. So yeah. you'll only have to see him or uh, or interact with him. If uh, he is doing his laundry. That's right. Because you guys share a laundry. <laughs> we right? are because we chose not to do the laundry. He could have his own laundry. 
but it was, it was like way more expensive to have. It's going it. to cost me three thousand dollars to have it plumbed and everything, and no, it just made you. no sense. It would have been nice to have two washers, two dryers, though. Well, that's true at times, but how yeah. often? I mean, yeah. come on. I mean, you don't yeah. have little kids anymore, so yeah. Now, two ovens that I'm getting, I yeah, will definitely use those. You have the double wall oven. Yes, the mm. double wall oh, oven. Oh, I, will I love that. those. Yes. I love those. I am are they, so looking forward to that. Are they, the, this is going to be funny because our uh, boomers are probably going to be the only people who know what I'm talking about in this, <laughs> but are they uh, doors that uh, open down from a bottom hinge or do they go up on the, uh... I think they open down. Okay. I yeah. loved, I miss ovens that that opened out I and swung up on, on arms. Oh my Is gosh. Is that the older style? Yeah, like, those that's were. That's wow. your grandma had in her house, right? No, she didn't. Uh, but we had in, uh, when I was growing up uh, on the wood streets in Riverside. It makes perfect sense because then you don't have that in your way exactly. when you're putting stuff in there. Only exactly. shorter than where Although the door is. Although you lose a shelf because there have been right. times that you, you kind of move it out temporarily to put it on the door. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it really only makes sense uh, in the in-wall, uh, like it was only a thing on in-wall right. uh, ovens, not right. on uh, combo, oven. range mm-hmm. oven combos. Yeah. Uh, because then, you know, you would lift it up and it would be in the way of the range and all that. But mm-hmm. on the on the wall ones, it would just open up and that way you could have access. You would lose a shelf, but you wouldn't have that thing in your way. I, I absolutely If it was a double, it. would it be the bottom one open down and the That's top exactly one open That's exactly what up? happened. Got it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And man, we had that, uh, yeah, at a, at a house I grew up in. It was, you know, the oven was probably from the 1950s. And I loved that thing. Wow. I miss it. Yeah, I wish that's really cool. I, I wish it was still on. a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't think it is. I bring think it back. That, yeah. Bring it back, Tyler. Yeah. Come on. You've bring got it back. influence. One bring time. Bring it back now, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, uh, before you jump into our core topic, you've been avoiding uh, what's going on in your life. So. Oh, I thought I answered it. No. I stopped thinking about it. Oh, uh, uh, well, we'll move on then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all of all of our listeners out there can uh, use their imagination about what's new yeah. in Scott's life. I'm working. <laughs> it's probably not a lot. <laughs> I'm working. I'm dating. Yeah. That's about it. That's it. Well, yeah. those are priorities, right? Yeah. Those are your yeah. priorities right and now. And I have That's podcasts. Cool. And your mom. Your mom's a priority. Yeah. You're in one you of know? my podcasts. I am. How, do you know how many people are in my po- other podcasts? Uh, multiples. It's just three other people. Oh. Yeah. So, you know what? And it was funny that you bring that up because I was thinking about that on the way over this morning. It's like, I'm so thankful for this podcast and I'm so thankful that you guys will sit down and talk with an old woman. Yeah. It's, it's hard sometimes. It's, it's hard sometimes for sure, but we, uh, I'm just messing with you. You know, I love you. You know, I love you too. And, it, but you know, it is interesting. Um, I, and I'm looking forward to us getting back into more, uh, controversial topics in which we really do have differences of opinion between the millennial and the boomer. And mm-hmm. I say that because I feel like that's how we really can learn to grow and understand each other. And, yeah. mm-hmm. and I've had numerous people, including this week again, um, someone saying how they really appreciate how we have modeled mm. that, that, um, who was it? You want to give him a shout out? Yeah. Hey, Mark Stark. Yeah. Shout Mark, out to Stark. Mar- Mark Stark. Oh, Mark. Mark. I'm sorry. Mark. Mark. Yes. I was going to say that is an exceptionally alliterative, not alliterative, but rhyming name, yeah. but but Mark as well. Yeah. Mark, yeah. thanks for listening. Thanks for being a uh, real world listener. We yeah, for you. sure. And I just, you know, she's, she's actually uh, shared that a couple of times and she's, she, she actually, uh, she and I are probably very apart politically, but she's so respectful and kind mm. and really bright and you know she's she's acted she's a writer she's she's got a lot of um really cool experience and of course i met her with the show when calls mm. the heart mm. nice and um you was know, she a writer on on the no, show no no actually she's just one a of the, fan she was one of yeah. the teams you know one of our our yeah. um and now she's an admin and everything and so she's just a wonderful person and she's just like a real reasoned person real sensible and can see both sides um, I want to say her dad was a pastor. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure, Mark. I think I think 
I'm right about that. Well, Marg, um, if she's wrong on that, let us know. Yeah. Shoot <laughs> us an I'm email. Sure. And we would love to actually, if you have any suggestions on topics that you'd like us to yes, talk about, please, please let us know. Yes, please do. Um, I do want to talk about, uh, eventually, I would really like to get to the current events. I want to talk about COVID-19. I want to talk about Black Lives Matter. And I really want to have, we talked before about abortion, things that are kind of pretty hot button topics, but we want to have guests on that can speak into those yeah. that that we really can't yeah. speak into and so we want to work on on doing that and I actually do have a um a gentleman um that uh James Lott who does podcasts and he's in the industry and he he is an Xer. He's a Gen Xer and he says, "Hey, mm. how about bringing a Gen Xer on?" And I'm thinking, you know, he'd be great to bring on for the Black Lives Matter. I don't know. This is kind of about boomers and millennials. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Geezer also, Scott Geezer also suggested before about he, he'd be happy to come on too because mm. he's also a Gen Xer. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah. we this will. This podcast uh, is only big enough for one Scott. <laughs> we, uh, if, for those of you who uh, are just now joining us or uh, maybe missed a few episodes, since we started COVID, we decided to uh, put uh, a little bit of a uh a break on some of our more controversial topics, some Mm -hmm. of our more political topics in order to bring uh, a little bit better sense of uh, encouragement and balance to our, to our listeners lives. Uh, But uh, as the world returns to normal, so will this show. And uh, we're looking forward to that. I'm ready for the battle. (laughs) (laughs) And it's two against one. It sometimes is when, (laughs) when, uh, when our, our host can't, uh, keep his mouth shut uh it's all right okay. we love when the host shares <laughs> and i'm sorry i feel like i'm going in and out of um my voice keeps changing it would it would just be uh the close like when you get closer or pull away yeah it'll yeah. it'll lose your and i actually have a new mic system set up today so yeah. i'm a little off comparative to the yeah. past what you're used 10 to weeks yes yeah. or 10 well episodes. get used to it sister <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump into our core conversation uh, for this episode. Uh, we thought it would be a, a good thing to talk a little bit about sanctification. Uh, in a couple of episodes back, we talked about salvation, which is uh, what does it mean to be saved? Why is it that we need that? And how can we be saved? And sanctification is another big kind of churchy word um, that is really just the process of after salvation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. so uh, I thought it would be good for us to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, maybe we could start off uh, hearing from Scott about what what sanctification really is, what that word means. Uh, and then we can talk a little bit about uh, how that happens in our life. And I'd love to hear from, from both of you uh, what that process has looked like in your own life sure so scott what is uh what is sanctification yeah so i i I like how you said sanctification is the process after salvation so our existence kind of exists our existence kind of exists that's a funny phrase our existence kind (laughs) of um, nonsense is what it was it wasn't a funny phrase it was a nonsensical (laughs) phrase he's at it again tyler um, he's at it again it's what i recall all right (laughs) um it kind of has these different processes that we go through. And so before um, we are saved, we're in this process of, uh, of salvation uh, where um, there are different people in our lives or different um, interactions in our lives that plant seeds or um, cause us to learn a little bit more about what uh, and who God is and how he wants to be in relationship with us. And then we have this point of salvation and then from that point on, through the rest of our lives, we're in this other process called sanctification. And that's where we're going to talk about today. And then after sanctification, we have glorification, uh, but we're not going to talk about that really today. Uh, but this process of sanctification, to put it in simple terms, is how we become like Jesus. Um, and so it's the process of God using our experiences, the people in our lives himself, our relationships to build us and mold us to make us more like Jesus was. Yeah. So what kind of what you're saying is, uh, if our life is a line, salvation is a point on that line. Mm-hmm. 
And then everything after that point is... Is a process of sanctification, yeah. Well, I'd like to give a shout out to Craig Anderson on this because, mm. you know, he was... This was like his a listener? thing. I don't know that he's a listener, but if I'm still giving If you are a listener, a Craig, shot. can you draw the chart? Yes, draw the chart for us. So, you know, in so much of what we do as Christians, again, is like, like Scott said, so after we're saved, we're on the sanctification process. So, of course, it's very important. It's a, it's a, it's a vital aspect of our Christianity but every time we had training or we did Bible studies, I mean, uh, Craig had this chart and, and it was helpful to see it, you know, so you're basically kind of um, like increasing, you're, you're, you're basically trying to be more like Jesus every day, right? And so that was really kind of his chart is just kind of showing this incline that, you know, hopefully each and every day, each and every year that we're, um, you know, Spending more time in the word, um, just loving, loving God and loving people better, loving Mm -hmm. God and loving people better. Thank you for putting it that way. Um, and that we are just growing in our sanctification process. Yeah. And, um, so when I think about sanctification again, I'm trying to, you know, when we pulled out the whole salvation, um, topic and this issue of sanctification, what I'm What's important to me is to try to address topics that are kind of like um, words that we've heard, yeah. but not necessarily everybody really understands what they are. And yeah. so for me, what's really important in my life is I'm, I'm, I'm really a very simple person. I'm very simple minded and I'm very literal and, and, and much to the frustration of your dad. <laughs> And because, sometimes. Well, because <laughs> and like because I think what you're like I think I insult people, I and I don't inadvertently, mean to inadvertently. Yeah. I really am a literal thinker. So uh, I think that's why I'm a good analyst because I'm a literal thinker. Right. And so I mean I am able to summarize and come up to a conclusion, but I've got to kind of think through everything. Mm-hmm. And um so in terms of coming up with this term again it's something that that we've heard about so often in the church but it's like what does it really mean so that's why i try to bring these kinds of topics to the podcast because it may be one of those things and i found this in church a lot not so much in our current church i mean i love our um you know our model at our current church it's to be real with yourself god and others and so we really encourage people to just be forthcoming to be honest about where you are um, you don't have to pretend to know everything. And a lot of times people feel when it comes to church, it's like they can't be a leader, they can't be involved, they can't participate, they can't be a, a servant because they don't know the Bible all that well, or maybe they don't know a particular aspect of the Bible that well. And so a lot of times it's really just a matter of uh, semantics or just like understanding yeah, what yeah. these words mean. Yeah, I mean, they're already doing it. But right. they just didn't know that it was actually sanctification. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's why it's important to me because of how my brain thinks. Yeah. And I know other people, I'm sure, think like I do. And like some people might be afraid to ask the question, what is sanctification? So here's a way that people can learn about it on a podcast when they're driving in their car. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, I think that we, especially for those of our listeners who grew up in the church or around the church, uh, more so in, I I would guess more so in your generation than maybe my generation and even less so for the generation of kids that are growing up right now. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of like, there was a lot of churchy words, a yes. lot of Christianese mm-hmm. that was thrown around a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think in the, in the church's movement, uh, in the last, you know, couple of decades, uh, there's been a strong movement to pull out a lot of those very, you know, insider words mm-hmm. that really only mean something if you really know what you're talking right, about. Right. Uh, like for Scott, who went to seminary, uh, like all these words are are plain to him. But right. for for the average person, it's like, well, when would they have ever had to encounter yeah. the word sanctification? That doesn't come in up in normal other. conversation. No, right. it's not a word that's used in any context outside mm-hmm. of the church. Mm-hmm. And so I think that uh, for, for listeners who have grown up in the church, it's really easy to have 
been around these words, to have heard these words, and maybe to have developed a false notion of what that means. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. And then have gone their whole life, you know, thinking one thing that is not what was intended to be communicated. Sure. Mm -hmm. Sure. And, uh, and so I agree with you. I think it's great that we're, that we're unpacking some of these things. Thank you. That's a good way to put it is unpacking them. Yeah. Because for some people they've never heard this word before, but for a lot of people they've heard it and they've either been intimidated by it or they've, uh, developed wrong ideas about what it really looks like and means. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think the same was true for our, for our salvation. Absolutely. And, and again, as, as Scott shared earlier, if you have any of these topics or, or, or buzzwords or things like that, that you would like us to talk about or to unpack. Yeah. I think, uh, we would really love to hear from you because, um, you know, as we've said before, we are not experts on any of this. We are just having conversation and, you know, it all started, um, at the recognition of the differences between our age groups, basically yeah. from the yeah. millennial versus boomer and how we do think differently. And I think that's pretty clear evidence by the current um, events right now with everything that's going on. And so, I mean, when you look at it, you know, like so many of not all, but I mean, so many of the protesters or, um, I don't even know what you want to call some of the other situations, like what's going on in Seattle and everything. I mean, they are younger people. And yeah. it's like um, we really need to try to understand what's going on yeah, um, so that we can try to, you it's know, a, it's come It's important together. for us to empathize and see the other people's point of views. It is, absolutely. Try to put on their shoes for a little bit. Yes, yeah. I think empathy is, uh, and maybe we need to talk about empathy and what that really means mm. um, because – I'm not sure everybody really understands what that means. Like even the distinction between sympathy and empathy. Sure. And how we really need to try to be empathetic to others. And mm-hmm. I have to admit, I haven't always been good at it. And <laughs> I think there have been times that I have been. Like I can, especially when it comes to things like being a mom or, yeah, you know, those kind of things, it's a lot easier to empathize. With things that you're already familiar the, all, with. Things that I'm already yeah. familiar with. So it, it becomes a challenge. So obviously on Black Lives Matter, it would be pretty hard for me to understand. I could never know right. what it's like to be a black person. Yeah, not a, not fully. Not fully. I could never know. Yeah. Um, so. Well, I, I, I'm going to guess that uh, as we continue through this episode, that empathy is going to be a byproduct of sanctification. So mm. uh, sanctification, we, we understand now a little bit better what it is. Uh, but how does that happen in our life? Mm-hmm. That's a great question uh, because I think different people have different perspectives on this and it's, it's a two way street. It's something that God is doing in us and through us. Um, but it's also something that we have to actively take some yes. participation in. Mm-hmm. There are people that I know who have been Christians for their entire lives and they're pretty much the same person that they mm-hmm. were when they were saved. And it's mm-hmm. because, while God has tried to do things in their lives to help them be sanctified, they kind of have chosen to not engage in those things. Yeah. Bobby, I'm super curious as you grew up, uh, you know, you've shared with us a little bit about some of your family's background and Mm -hmm. some of that was that church was always present, but maybe not central. Absolutely. It was, uh, it was important to my grandmother and my grandmother is the one that really, uh, stress the importance of me being there, made sure that I was there. And my mom, I mean, my mom did too, but my mom was married to my dad and it wasn't important to my dad. So, you know, my dad would come up with ideas of, Hey, let's go to an amusement park on Sunday. Right. You right. Know, like that would be his, you know, or any picnics or whatever. It was always on Sunday. So what would you say if you had to, you know, put words in her mouth, what would you say your grandmother believed about sanctification and how that happened? Like, so essentially what I'm asking is how were you raised kind of with that? You know, I think my grandmother always knew that it was important to have a relationship with the Lord. Yeah. Um, But I don't, and and my grandmother went to Bible study in that all the time. Yeah. But my grandmother was still, she still had her issues. I mean, my grandmother (laughs) was racist. She. This was Grandma Della. Grandma Della. And she died, um. How, what eight or nine years ago? It would have been twenty. 
No, two, 2009. Yeah. So 11 years ago, and she was 94 and a half. So, you know, she was born in 1915. Um, so, I mean, one thing we do have to recognize, and we talked about this last night in our community group, kind of like the time period we were raised. Yeah, yeah. The location where we were raised. Oh, like sure. Growing up in Western Pennsylvania. Yeah. It's so different. I am so thankful my kids got to grow up in Southern California. Yeah. Me too. Because the, the, racism, the racism is still prevalent there. Yeah. You yeah. know, not to the extent it was when I was young. Right. Um, but I grew up in a home. My brother told racist jokes all the time. And, um, was know, Was Pennsylvania at one time, this is ignorance on my part, really asking, was Pennsylvania at one time segregated? Well, certainly areas. I know the town that I grew in, like, frankly, I... The, Basically, in our community, you mean by law, though, right? By you law, mean by law. Yeah, no, by law. no, it not by law. No, but but by practice, definitely. Yes. But by, by practice. say by practice, that was very commonplace. And mm. I never lived around any black people. I went to high school, sure, with black people, but that was because I went to the the public, the town's public high school, and yeah. you came from all areas right. to attend there. Right. And, um, and Dave, and I assume Johnstown only had one high school at the time. Um, well, only one main public high school. Okay. Now, when I was growing up, now what you have to understand is Johnstown, Pennsylvania, at one time in the like 1900s, it had a population of a hundred thousand people. It now is a population of about 25,000 people. Oh, okay. Wow. So yeah. wow. it boomed because, and then it came back. It, and it's because of the steel mills. Oh, and so the steel yeah. mills were so... That was the primary. Yeah. Um, um, it was the lifeblood of the it town. It was the lifeblood of the town, and it was actually quite prosperous for a long time. I mean, we have this one place called the South Fork Dam, which ended up being um, kind of the the initial um, the initial way that the flood of 1977 started. So mm-hmm. it, it it doesn't exist anymore. But at one time, that was where all the rich people used to come to, it was like the resort Oh, area. gotcha. So it was just quite, it was so quite different yeah. then, it, even than when I was growing up. And frankly, I couldn't wait to leave the town, to be honest with you. I'm sorry, my friends and family that are still, still in Johnstown. There. But because it was, I knew it was dying. It felt dying. Now, there's mm. there's a lot of more growing in the suburbs. Um, sure. And so a lot of people actually move from the town to the suburbs. So yeah. you can't, yeah. I mean, the greater area probably has still a similar number of people, but it's quite different looking than it was then. But the bottom line is, is that it was very racist when I was growing up. It was um, very commonplace to hear the N word and Mm. um, to just see it overtly. I mean, it was, it was pretty common. So not to, not to, um, uh, you know, speak ill of the dead, but Mm -hmm. it sounds like maybe for grandma Della, in, in a lot of your experiences that uh, really sanctification maybe wasn't even really something on the radar. Well, and, and so getting back to that, and I'm sorry, I go off on these tangents and then I kind of... That's okay. To, I keep to, bringing it back. Yes, you, have to, you <laughs> do have to reel me moderator. back in. Yes, you have to reel me back in. So what I was going to say eventually um, is I don't think it really was. I think for my grandmother, she... Um, for her, as long as she believed in Christ and yeah. knew that you know, was saved and everything. I don't know that she really thought about that aspect of it. Mm. And um, in her later years, when I became an adult and I knew right from wrong and I yeah. saw these kinds of things, yeah. you know, I can remember like going into her room and she'd be watching a baseball game and she'd be complaining about a black player or something to that effect and she might even use a slur or something yeah. like that yeah. and i would call her on it and i'd say grandma and she'd say well you know we have a carnal mind that was her excuse oh, that, all she the said time. that, that was a phrase that was a phrase that she used to say so i think in her mind like she was already justifying it right 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 you know right and yeah. and it's like that really bothered me frankly. Yeah. oh sure <laughs> you know um, so I don't know that, that she got it, but you know what? I would also say that she grew up in such a different time and, and, and living through the depression. And, you know, this came up last night in our group when we were talking about these issues, again, get, getting back to, you know, it's really dependent upon 
the time you grew up, the location where you grew up, everybody has a different life experience. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's why empathy is so important, that we mm-hmm. really try to understand where others are coming from. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, so. So uh, I'm going to put you on the spot, Scott, a little bit, yeah. hearing a little bit of Bobby early life under, you know, and her exposure to what sanctification might or should look like or, or if it exists or not, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit to ask this in front of your mom. Mm -hmm. What was some of your early life experience around this idea of, okay, I get saved. And then what happens after that? Yeah. I I don't know if the word sanctification was ever used uh, in that context. (laughs) Um, We were a family who, at least in my early years were more, we were definitely churchgoers, but it was more spotty. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, football got in the way sometimes Mm -hmm. or baseball traveling for sports, whatever. And, um, I think I didn't really think of it and you, you hear things in the, in the church, like God has a plan for you. Yeah. And, um, so you kind of then put your own ideas into what that means. Yeah. And we think about plans as we have plans, like what, maybe what job you're going to have or where you're going to go. Like a five-year plan, a 10-year plan. Yeah. 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 And I think so many Christians think that's what that means. Ah. But primarily that's not what it's talking about. I think God cares less about what you do and he cares primarily about who you are. Absolutely. Mm. And that's what sanctification is. Mm -hmm. It's not um, God like molding you to be like Jesus was like a carpenter. Like that's not what we're talking about. Like, right. You can do any job. What he's mm-hmm. talking about is teaching you and growing you to be like Jesus in the way that he grew with God and with man mm-hmm. in mm. character. Mm. Yeah. So what, uh, I mean, you mentioned that people are divided a little bit on, uh, how, what the process is for this sanctification, which Mm -hmm. again, like I want to keep drilling in when we talk about sanctification, it's the process after salvation. So it's everything that happens after you believe in Jesus. Uh, People differ on how that happens in our life. Mm -hmm. Um, What are kind of, if there, I don't want us to be biased toward fairness, but what are maybe the one or, or two or three popular competing ideologies there yeah so we we had an episode before where we talked about free will and predestination and these camps are kind of in the same gotcha Um, and so it's very common for free will um holders to hold to the fact that sanctification is their responsibility it's their job to become more like jesus and then you have the predestination people who are very much i'm not in control of my life god's the one who controls everything he'll make me more like jesus if he wants to yeah. And um it the 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 fact is is like neither of those are true. They're both true and they're neither true. And it's it's something that we both need to engage in and allow to be molded within us. And so um I think for example, uh bad things happen all the time. Hard and difficult things happen all the time. And we often hear people talk about Romans 8:28 when we're in the midst of mm. difficulty. Mm-hmm. And it's um all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And we stop there and it's like, okay, it's going to work out together for good. And then once again, what is good? How do we define good? Right. What, what is this goodness? And by not continuing the verse and talking about what's coming, we let people define good for themselves and they think, okay, something good that I see as good is going to come out of this. Maybe I'm going to get a promotion or something that I want to happen in my life is going to happen from this situation. And that's really not what that verse is saying. If you continue it, it starts listing for those he foreknew, he predestined those he predestined, he called those he called. And eventually it comes down to, it says to be molded into the likeness of his son, Jesus. And so when we're talking about God's plans or God's purpose in allowing difficult things in our lives or different situations in our life, it's to fulfill his plan, which is to make us more like his son, Jesus. And so when we're talking about both streets, uh, about both God engaging with us and us engaging with God in this process, it comes down to these individual situations where God is going to give you the choice Mm. in something, uh, something difficult happens and you have multiple ways you can respond to that thing. You can choose to be mad at him, reject him, turn away from him. Um, uh, curse at curse at him, whatever it may be, 
you can also choose to realize, okay, this is difficult, but it's a situation that is going to mold me and make me different and better Mm -hmm. to be more like Jesus and embrace that side of things. It's very different to when you're in a difficult circumstance to pray, God, save me from this difficulty yeah. versus praying, God, make me like Jesus amongst amidst this difficulty. Mm. Very different prayers. And it's those, that's the difference there of, are you going to come out of this difficult situation more like Jesus? Or are you going to come out of this difficult situation pretty much the same as you were? So it sounds like uh, it's it's both and it's that uh, that God is working is using our circumstances that we go through to work us out to be more like Jesus, which we've understood that that's what sanctification is. Mm-hmm. But that we also must uh, choose to lean into that. Yeah, we have to choose to engage with it and allow ourselves to be molded. Ultimately, God's not going to force us to be molded into anything. It's us allowing those different feelings or barriers or strongholds in our lives to be broken down so that he can build up who he wants us to be. Mm-hmm. And so sanctification is a lot of humility. It's a lot of not taking what maybe you feel like you're owed or <laughs> what you deserve. And it's a lot of submitting to God. It's a lot of submitting to, um, things that you wouldn't think um, you should have to do. Um, can I just speak to that a little bit? Because yeah, yeah. Um, some thoughts that come to mind as you're saying that is why prayer is so important and to pray about everything. Mm. And and what I mean by that is we know that whether you're a Christian or not, once you're saved, your struggles in this life don't cease. Yeah. They don't end. You continue to have them. The question is, how are you going to respond to the circumstances um, that are before you? Um, One would hope that as a Christian, you're going to respond differently than you are prior to salvation, right? But that struggle, that daily struggle still exists. I mean, that that struggle between the flesh um, and the spirit every day. And so we talked a few um, episodes ago about how important it is that we pray for the Holy Spirit to be with us throughout the day and that we are depending on him instead of our flesh. Mm. And and I think about, you know, why we have these struggles. Again, as I was mentioning earlier, depending on when you were born, where you were raised, you have these like ideals or these um, life goals we were talking about. So like, you know, I want to be married by 25. I want to have a child by 30. I want to buy my house by 35. I want to have five bedrooms or two bedrooms or whatever the situation is. And you kind of put these things in your mind about things, you know, about what your expectations are more so than thinking about, okay, Lord, what, what, do you want me to focus on? Yeah. Our goals for ourselves are very outward focused yes. and very rarely inward focused. Yes, exactly. What and do you, so, what do you mean by that? Cause I would have said the opposite. Um, very rare. I mean, they're, they're mostly about things and positions and gotcha. Uh, mm-hmm. circumstance. Gotcha. And less about mm-hmm. who we are as people. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Yes. I, I was going to say, I think they're all about me and not about other people. It's, yeah. Was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We, so you, you were, were saying, saying the same, same thing, thing, but using yeah. opposite just different words. Ways. And so it's kind of like, give me the eyes to see like Jesus sees. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we would be just different people. That, just totally different people. That has been one of my common prayers over the last 15 years. Um, help me to see people like you see people mm-hmm. is one. Uh, and then another one, because uh, I've handled bad situations poorly and I've handled bad situations well. Um, in the bad situations I handle poorly, typically it gets me in a funk for a while. Mm-hmm. And it takes me a lot longer to get out of them and to change my attitude and my mood about things. But in those in those circumstances, was it because you were focused on you? Like I was focused on how it, I felt how it wasn't my plan. Right. How it... Right. Um, how it cha- it was forcing me to do things I didn't want to do. Right. Um, and eventually I come around to the place where 
I've actually had prayers and asked for more difficult situations Mm. where I've said, I see what you're doing in my life. I see how you're molding me to be more like Jesus. I can take more, like give me more of that. I want, if it means more difficulty, bring more difficulty. I want to be like your son. Mm -hmm. And I think like currently with the COVID-19 situation, I think the one thing that I really um, think has come out of this is just the recognition of how we do need to be mindful of others and respectful of others. And this is not about us. Maybe we are young and healthy, but this is about respecting those people that are more vulnerable, that have compromised immune systems, that are older, that are more susceptible to catching this and succumbing to it. And so I think, you know, when this first came out, what I really got out of it was how we like take things for granted. Like we're mm-hmm. on this, this, um, you know, mission of seeking out these goals that we have in life that were these outward focus goals. And I think when something like COVID-19 comes, you, that really changes it all. And you start thinking, well, those things aren't even important. You know, you really need to be focusing inside. Well, it sounds like uh, a, a big part of salvation uh, is this idea that's talked about in Isaiah 55. Salvation or sanctification? Sanctification. I'm sorry. Misspoke. Uh, Isaiah 55, uh, starting in verse 6, uh, Isaiah is speaking to Israel and he says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways, your ways declares the Lord for as the heavens are higher than the earth. So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And so it sounds like a big part of sanctification is that idea that it's like, we need to, we need to leave our own way and we need to, uh, we need to let God, God's thoughts be higher than our thoughts and his ways be higher than our ways. And we need to look to him and we need to let him dictate what our thoughts and ways ought to be. Absolutely. I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. That's kind of what I was alluding to, but not really saying. And so thank you for um, sharing that. Yeah. I mean, Jesus kind of talks about it a little bit. Um, He says like, who are you to like, plan way ahead of time like you don't know what tomorrow holds absolutely Uh, do not worry about tomorrow for today is enough worry of its own well and then he challenges people he says like it's okay to plan things but like you have to think about like if the lord wills yeah exactly so it's it's really an an inclusion of the lord into our day-to-day it's it's he's not saying like stop planning let the lord have complete control over everything don't think about anything Mm -hmm. what he's saying is live life but make god a the part a part of your life, like make him be what helps you make those decisions. Yes. So I want to throw another, uh, commonly, uh, quoted verse at you guys. And, and I want to hear your thoughts about it and how it applies to this issue. Um, Paul says in Philippians two 12, uh, therefore my beloved, uh, as you have always obeyed. So now not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What does that mean to work out our salvation? If salvation is a point and sanctification is everything after it, what does it mean for us to work out our salvation? You're looking at me like you want me to talk to it. Well, yeah, I mean, go ahead. I'm sure what you have to say is going to be more relevant than mine. um, I think this verse is taken out of context a lot. Um, I think he's actually talking about a physical circumstance that this church is in where they're actually their physical salvation mm-hmm. of being saved is in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not talking about anything in the spiritual realm. Uh, as far as from what I remember, I'm not, I haven't studied this uh, passage in a while. Um, and so I would say it's not really talking about that. Um, but I'd, I'd be happy to have someone disagree. Yeah, and I would I would just say as far as without doing research either, I mean, I, I'm not, you know, familiar with that, but I would almost guess that what he meant was sanctification. If we were talking on an individual basis, that it really wasn't salvation, but it was sanctification. Yeah, yeah. That would be my initial thoughts without yeah. doing any research and knowing what that was 
you know, the basis of that, that verse. So let's, uh, let's pivot a little bit. We've talked a little bit about what salvation is. We've talked a little bit about, uh, what maybe some of our, our misconceptions of it are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd, I'd love to hear from you guys what, what sanctification has really looked like in your life. You want to go first? Um, sure. I mean, I can say that, you know, for me, you know, I, I just try to grow each year. I mean, I, I try to identify those areas where I know that I need to grow. And I'm sure it's the Lord telling me and showing me that I need more empathy in a particular area or I need to take the focus off of myself and put it on him and put it on others. And I think as we go through all of the experiences in life, one would hope that we're um, looking to grow from them. And so I try to do that. I think I have been successful in some, at some times and other times um, that, you know, I, I get self-centered and, and I'm not successful, right? So, you know, I, I tend to think that these experiences like what we're going through right now culturally um, – and uh, medically with the COVID-19 that, that these are good opportunities for us to reassess kind of where we are and to make changes to um, grow in our sanctification, grow to be more like Jesus. Yeah, I think sanctification um, happens more often in the difficult times. Mm. Uh, I feel like... Um, that's when we're willing to hear from God more mm. and we're willing to lean on him more. That's a great point. Because when things are going well, we kind of start yeah. owning things ourselves. Like, Isn't hey, look true? at me, I'm doing pretty good. It's almost like we did it. Like, yeah, like we, we don't realize how, and I always go back to this, the prayers of our grandparents and our parents and things like that, like how important those are um, and, and have been and how they've protected us from ourselves <laughs> mm. in those cases. Yeah, so for me, uh, most of my sanctification has come amidst difficulty. Yeah. Um, my my dad had cancer. My uh, junior year of high, yeah, my junior year of high school, that was a, a difficult time for our family, and I grew in that time. Um, I didn't get accepted to the college I wanted to go to, and I had to go to community college for two years. That was a difficult time for me, and I had a lot of conversations with God about that one. Uh, that was one I probably didn't handle as well. Um, cause it wasn't a part of my plan. And, uh, I, but that's ultimately how I ended up getting involved with church and started working for a church was because this situation happened. And, um, 2015 was a hard year for me. Uh, both of my grandmas passed away nine days apart. Uh, a girl that I really liked, um, kind of broke my heart a little bit. And it was a time in my life where I chose to just shut off and stop feeling things. Um, And so, once again, that was one I didn't do well initially. And it took me, because of that, a while to come out of it. And so um, I can see ways that I've grown from all of those situations and ways that uh, I have become more like Jesus in all of those situations and ways that I've even been now been able to advise other people of, hey, here's... This is nothing like your situation, but my situation, this is what happened. This was my thought process. This is what I did. This was the result. Um, and just shed some wisdom and hopefully help guide other people, which is another part of sanctification mm-hmm. is we have to not yes. just be consumers of things, but we must also start helping other people in the process too, which is another part of sanctification is that other people, not just us uh, and God, uh, but sometimes other people, God uses them and speaks to them through the Holy Spirit to help guide us and mold us as well. And if I could just add to that, I think, um, you know, in addition to studying the word and praying and so forth, I think the community groups are so vital to sharing with each other and, um, and please be real with each other so yeah. that you can really help others and they can really help you. If you are masquerading yourself or you're posing, you're not helping yourself and you're certainly not helping others. And so let's just be honest and open about, you know, what we're thinking, what we're feeling. And, and again, try to be empathetic to where others are. Mm. Well, it sounds like sanctification uh, is sort of, you know, 
tying all this together for us. Sanctification is what happens after we believe in Jesus and after the Holy Spirit comes into our heart. Mm -hmm. It's a work that we participate in. It's a work that God participates in. Mm -hmm. And it's a work that happens within the context of community. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, It's not a a solo venture. Not at all. Uh, And it's not something that will happen overnight. It's something that will happen for the rest of our lives. Absolutely. And uh, probably never quite get there. (laughs) Right. Right. Because we're still human. Yep. Um, but I love one of the things that, that you uh, sort of landed on there, Scott, and I feel like it's a, it's a really fitting place for us to land. And it's that uh, sanctification uh, so often uh, happens most apparently uh, through times of pain. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And it, it reminded me of this great quote um, by, by C.S. Lewis from one of his books. Um, he says that pain insists on being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks to us in our consciences, but shouts in our pains. It's his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Mm-hmm. And I think so many of us right now are in in pain as a culture, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as a society here in America. So many of us are feeling pain. And I think that we have an opportunity to lean into that right now and allow the Holy Spirit to guide us in how he wants to sanctify us in this, in this time. And so I know for me, uh, after, after this episode, I'm going to be spending some time. Um, I'm going to be spending some time to your point, Bobby, praying through God, what would you, what would, what, what is in me Mm -hmm. that you want to work through next? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and sharing that with my community of Mm -hmm. here's what God's showing me that I need to work on. And, and I'm going to lean into that. Uh, and I would challenge all of our listeners to do the same. Absolutely. Yep. Well, uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, we would love to hear your thoughts and, and your stories. You can do that uh, by reaching out to us by email at hello at realworldpodcast.com or uh, by reaching out to us on Twitter at the Real World Pod. Uh, we are so grateful that you that you took this time uh, in your car, on your jog, in your sitting in your home to to listen to this, and and we hope that this is uh, that this has touched you in some way, uh, opened your eyes in some way, and uh, so thank you for listening. And Scott, Bobby, as always, thank you so much for thank sharing. You. Thanks for hosting. Thank you. Love Absolutely. you guys. Love you too. Love you too. All Have right. a good one, guys.